0: My mother is also bisexual and she dated a woman from when I was six to when I was 16 and there were definitely times when I was made fun of at school for it. I think I was less open about my own bisexuality as a result of that. Um, Also again the whole fetishizing of bisexual women is is awful so I saw that happening to her and I didn't want it to happen to me.
1: I'm a proud lesbian woman, the Community Engagement Manager at Midsummer, and currently reside on Mirarang Gadarang Country. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Dja Dja and Tangarang lands of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to listen to is with Alicia, who is a bisexual woman who grew up in Mildura and has been living in Bendigo for four years. She speaks about the importance of community and also the way that bi erasure has affected her relationship both in the queer community and in the world more broadly. In this episode, Alicia mentions suicide and the loss of friends. So if this may be triggering for you, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed in the show notes. For now, let's get to know Alicia. My
0: name's Alicia. My pronouns are she, her, and I live in Bendigo. I've only lived here for four years. Um, I live with my dog and my housemate. Before that, I lived in Melbourne, and before that, I grew up in Muldura. So you are familiar with living in the country? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How did you come to be in Bendigo? Um, So I was living and working in Melbourne and I was really not happy working in retail, managing a bit of a drain sometimes, also not really like, um, you know, stimulating enough. Um, and then my partner wanted to study physio and they left their job was studying in Bendigo and just kind of commuting and then they were like look I need to be here it's quite intensive I need to move to Bendigo I was like I don't want to live apart (laughs) Um, and they were like well you you know you you're not loving your job you want to be working at a not-for-profit you want to get more involved in community why don't you we move to Bendigo together and you can study So we did that, broke up a year after. (laughs) Um, But I stayed in Bendigo because I'd found such a great community. Tell me about that. Tell me about the introduction to the community and how you formed those relationships. Oh, yeah. So I started seeing the counsellor at La Trobe University and was talking about how, you know, I'm bisexual. My partner at the time was a man and I was feeling a little bit disconnected from my community just because I felt like people thought I was straight every time I went somewhere because I was in this long-term relationship with a man which um, as we know for bi women can be a bit um be a bit troubling when people just assume you're straight, um, or if you haven't had enough relationships with women, enough romantic relationships, enough sexual relationships. Um, Anyway, he was like, why don't you join the Rainbow Eagles? Um, They were immediately welcoming. There weren't very many of them at the time, but as soon as uh, I kind of got involved with them, and then we um, Benigo Pride, I think, messaged us to join us on one of our little... um, picnics that we were having in the park at that point because that was over COVID. Um, They also joined us on some of our online little Zoom sessions while we were all stuck in our houses. Yeah, then I finally got to meet all the people involved with Bendigo Pride and they were just amazing. Like just not just immediately welcoming, but immediately like taking on ideas from people and the Bendigo community, in spite of the fact that, you know, in every community, there are some not so great people. There are always people who will fetishize by women, get a lot of unicorn hunters around here, which is not ideal, um, which um, for anyone who doesn't know what a unicorn hunter is, that is couples who um, want a bisexual woman to pretty much just use this as a sex toy. So that's not ideal. Um, but, yeah, they helped me see the wider part of the more welcoming community, made all of these wholesome events and then I got to meet some of the people that were just talking outside as well. But yeah, that's how I got involved with the Bendigo LGBT plus community. How did that compare to what you had in Melbourne? Mm. It's much closer. I think sometimes in the city there's like a competitiveness about who can be a better queer. And it's like, yeah, or like, you know, uh, I think cis gay men tend to take over a lot of the community. That's the whole reason why um, Unicorns the Party was made, because there was a, a bi, cis woman who was feeling like, one, cis people take up too much of the LGBT community that we're focused on a lot, but that in particular it was cis gay men that were seeing a lot of coverage and um, were also kind of being a bit gatekeepery towards people. Gatekeeper-y. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's none of that around here. Everyone is just kind of like, even if you're questioning, they're so happy to have you. It's not just the Bendigo community. Bendigo and Castlemaine tend to mesh together quite a little bit. So I've been involved in the Castlemaine Pride Choir, which is really lovely. A lot of the Bendigo Theatre community, um, they're a lot closer than you would be in the city. And also you don't have to be as skilled. We've got 10 by 10 here, um, which has um, been involved with Bendigo Pride a few times now. Um, And they have had plays written by my friends. Ben McKellen, who wrote Trans Mansplaining and performs it still, has written, um, I think, two plays that have been in Ten by Tens while I've been here, which is amazing. I feel like you wouldn't get to see as much of that in the city. You wouldn't get to have as much of a focus. Yeah, just the closeness. Also, I don't know. I think that I think people often see is a lot more of a party culture in the cities, whereas it's a lot more of a picnic culture and a lot more of a let's go for a little dance at piano bar culture. Lovely. Sounds lovely. Mm. What do you put that down to? That difference. <laughs> Some of it might be just not the availability of nightclubs, but also I think it might be a couple of younger groups in Melbourne. Uh, I guess, like, you know, when you're going out in Melbourne, you're quite young, whereas in Bendigo, there's a lot more of a mixture between ages because we have less availability. And I think, it, I think in Bendigo in particular, there's so much more acceptance and uplifting of um, the new kids on the block. Like, we did. Um, something with one of the libraries around here, I think it was the Mount Alexander Shire Libraries, or it might have been the Bendigo region, but um, it was involving, yeah, LGBT plus elders and LT. LG- LGBT plus youths and kind of the differences in the lives that we're seeing and that was really fantastic to see because we were getting people from you know uh, like 15, 16, 17 years old all up to people in their 70s. Getting to see that um, we're all supporting each other but that also that there's hope for people. You know we uh, as we said when we came today we had just gone to the um, service for a friend uh, that was in our community and we kind of all, all rallied around them, that was really tough. You can tell when we lose someone in our community, it makes a big difference. And that um, the love in that room for her was real and it was a lot. It was great to be able to comfort each other. Mm, beautiful. So you came from Mildura. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your experience like there? I was... 18 and under when I was in Mildura. It was interesting. Um, my mother is also bisexual, and she dated a woman from when I was 6 to when I was 16, and there were definitely times when, you know, I was made fun of at school for it. You know, I think I was less open about my own bisexuality as a result of that. Um, also, again, the whole fetishizing of bisexual women is is awful. So I saw that happening to her, and I didn't want it to happen to me. And I think I, I just didn't know. I just thought that, uh, I thought everyone liked kissing girls. Uh, I think I just accidentally managed to get in with a group of other queer women. Um, but yeah, I think Mudura definitely had a lot more homophobia towards men, a lot more transphobia when I lived there. As we've seen, there were um, some troubles with the CFA, with a woman who was trans in their firefighting crew who I believe unfortunately took her life. Yeah, I don't know too many of the details around that, but I wasn't surprised that something like that had happened to someone. These days um, I've got quite a few friends who are, you know, activists um, in the Moldura community and it's such a big difference. Like a lot of, Moldura had a lot bigger lesbian community for a while and they've really gone into bat for all the rest of us. They've really, that's what I love to see. Like when you get, you know, members of the community who, um, you know, have been more accepted or more highlighted going into bat for the other members of the community. And in Mildura you can definitely see that happening now. What's changed, do you think? Do you think it's because people have stayed there and persisted and, and made those changes? Yeah, I think um, some people have, you know, gone to Melbourne and then come back mm. and that's helped them with their journey. I know a lot of people, or even Adelaide, because Mudra is quite close to Adelaide, um, but uh, same with Bendigo, moving to Melbourne for a little bit and then coming back. Um it definitely helps people with their ability because they're able to see a wider world of people um, who are completely accepting of them. No strings attached, no like, no issues with it. It's just unconditional love. And to be able to bring that back to Muldura and keep that going in the community is really admirable. Um, and when I see my friends doing that, I get really excited. And when I get to do that for Bendigo, I get really excited as well. A lot of it is fueled by um, our elders though like um, people who are um, LGBT plus and are you know 40 or 50 and above are really helping fuel this movement which is surprising because like I said in the cities I feel like a lot of it is kind of younger people that are like fueling these sort of things but yeah in in Bendigo um, in particular you get to see it's nice to be able to see people growing old doing what they love and knowing that it's it's going to be me as well getting to be accepted, but also being accepting of other people because I'm, I want to stick around and I want to see this happening. I'm really excited for it. What do you love most about being part of the queer community? <sighs> oh, my goodness, what do I love? Um... The breaking of gender stereotypes is really cool. Um, My housemate's non-binary and they always just have the most amazing outfits and I'm so jealous because they know exactly how to, like, put different patterns together and they always have, like, a cool shirt or, like... And that is... That's a really cool thing. But also... um, like letting go of those boundaries like I said being bisexual I don't have those boundaries between um you know people that I can be attracted to or who I can love um so that that's opened up a whole new world but it does make me think about my own the way that I sit with gender and feel more free with that I know that I'm um you know a cis woman um but how do I express that what am I like doing with that But yeah, are you constantly questioning that and critiquing that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, previously, I think I was constantly thinking. um, You know, before I met all these people, I was like, "Am I really bisexual? I can't tell. I don't know. I like. I'm in like a long-term relationship with a man. This is." just wild. Um, and now, regardless of if I was in a relationship or not, I'm not questioning that anymore. Yeah, my gender and the way that I express that gender, constantly looking at it and being like, why why do I feel this uncomfortableness with this? And it's, I think it's important to keep um, critiquing that and keep on thinking about Why do I feel uncomfortable with this? And sometimes it's a legitimate feeling of uncomfortableness. um, And you can see that it's because of your conditioning. Other times when I look back at people who um, kind of instilled that in me or who are still instilling that in their children, uh, it makes me really sad. And I want them to be critical. I think it's kind of that softly, softly approach though, you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there. This community is really good at that as well. Just like a little bit of acceptance. Come on, just a little bit more love. (laughs) (laughs) what would you tell your teenage self um not every girl likes kissing other girls it's because you're bisexual (laughs) (laughs) um and i think i would also say yeah feel be less worried about what people will think about your your exploits or um you know you feel uncomfortable when boys talk about you kissing girls because you don't want them to be watching you. It's not for their pleasure; it's for you and um, for your pleasure. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could have known that then. Did you have many or a particular role model, mentor when you were growing up? think when I was younger there weren't that many people that are like openly bisexual and the people that were you know they kind of got um, oh they're doing it for attention they're doing this thing they're doing that thing um, whereas now there's a lot more people who are openly bisexual and I hope that I can be that kind of a, a mentor that I didn't have as much growing up um, because yeah there was that binary it was either you're straight or you're gay and there's no in between And, yeah, showing people that they can be bi, they can be pan, they can have different feelings about different things. Yeah, hopefully I can be cool. I'm not very cool, but (laughs) (laughs) I can be a nerdy role model. (laughs) (laughs) And what does pride mean to you? Pride... Yeah, it means it means love. It means unconditional love, not just, um, you know, the love that we get from our community, which, like I've said, the Bendigo community is just full of it. They're so loving and so great and not afraid to, um, you know, involved in that pride too is being able to tell people they need to be critical of themselves and reassess themselves, loving people out loud and saying, hey, I love you and I need you to rethink this is definitely included in that love but also yeah being able to love yourself even the parts that you're you are critiquing in those moments knowing that you can do it in a thoughtful and kind way not just towards others but towards you too there are countries where people are struggling to express themselves yeah uh yeah, what, what would you say to some people who are struggling right now? I've got a couple of friends who are from countries like that and I've heard their stories and how difficult it can be with their parents and for their mental health. I've also got a couple of friends who have come from, you know, um, yeah countries where they can't be proud and be themselves but their families have still accepted them regardless. And, oh, my God, the difference it makes for their mental health, for their the rate at which people are dying, particularly for trans people, it... Um, if they're accepted and loved by their family and friends, it just it makes so much of a difference. We had the Trans Day of Remembrance where we um, stuck people's pictures to trans flags all around Roslyn Park, and it was relentless. There were so many, especially from Brazil, in Australia a lot of the time we don't register whether people are trans, so either they'll register just their gender, um, which may be the gender that they actually identify as, or it could be the gender they were assigned at birth. Um, So we don't see as many of those records for Australia, but we saw a lot for Brazil, we saw a lot for places like Thailand, and it was devastating. So... I guess the first thing I would say would be keep yourself safe. That's above all things the most important thing. But if you can, find those, those little groups of people who love you again with that, that pride and have that unconditional love and that's what's going to get you through. Mm. Tell me about your dress. You're dressed oh, in a very beautifully yes. coloured... Yeah, it's rainbow. I'm quite a um, a busty gal, so we gotta have a um, <laughs> we gotta have a wrap dress. Yeah, the reason why I'm wearing this is because I was at a friend's um, service today that passed away, and you know, like I was saying before, there's there's so few of us in the community that it's um, it's important for us to recognise when someone has made our life full of rainbows and so lovely. And this dress has seen a lot of happy times too. I've worn it to a lot of pride parties and anytime we're promoting pride and everyone's like, oh, you're the girl in the rainbow dress. I'm like, yes, that's me. Um, And now I've got red hair so they're like, you know, they'll identify me as the girl in the red hair with the red hair in the rainbow dress. But, yeah, I love love being able to – my lanyard at work is also a rainbow and I hope that that's a – signifier for people and it has been in the past too um there have been people at work who've um you know felt um yeah I work as an employment skills mentor um previously I worked more on the employer side of things but still dealt occasionally with um yeah people looking for employment but they felt comfortable enough to come out to me which was like exciting um but yeah I feel like when I'm wearing this rainbow or where I'm wearing a rainbow lanyard that I'm putting out a not that that's the signal for everything but putting out a signal there that um you know hello I'm out there and I'm being loud and proud and you can come to me and be safe can you imagine life in Bendigo without this community that you found oh no way oh my god they're so um You know, even when we're not doing Pride stuff together, we've got a piano bar here in town. And as you know, it's a cliche that we all love, um, you know, piano bars and, like, specific types of music. And there's, yes, there is a lot of ABBA playing, okay? Yes, a lot of Britney Spears. (laughs) But, um, you know, even being able to do things like that, be involved with theatre or sports, there's so many parts of me that I've connected with just because we have our LGBT plus community and because we have Bendigo pride here. couldn't imagine life in Bendigo without them.
1: (laughs) This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian state government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the state government's initiative Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian state government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.